Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, my homies? This is your girl, Lisa Bilyeu here, to boost your foodie spirit, bring good cheer, and empower you to conquer the holidays and girls' nights with total freaking confidence. Now today, guys, I have a surprise treat for you on Women of Impact. My dude, Sean Stevenson, such a great guy, is joining me to help us create a world of guilt-free eating. Yep, you heard it right, my friend. Guilty eating and shameful cheat days can be the thing of the past. I cannot tell you how many years I've spent feeling badly at holiday time because I was indulging in things that I used to call quote-unquote bad food. So if you're ready to uncover the actual truth to joyful eating, break down the confusion and shame of guilt eating, and discover the power of actual real nutrition and connection, then stick with me to take charge of your health and embrace a guilt-free, vibrant life. Guys, we spend too much time beating ourselves up about the things that we do. Food with your family over the holidays shouldn't be one of them. I got my Christmas sweater on today. Oh my God. I was so excited. People in the street just kept coming up to say, hey, I like your sweater, dude. Hey, I like your sweater, dude. So I said to him, I was like, oh, saying that about me. So he went out and God bless the man. He bought me this sweater. And so today I am wearing it. Um, how is everyone doing? I am here today. I'm so excited. I've been super freaking busy. I am, I always try to come on IG lives now every week if I can, but I definitely make sure that uh, my list of priorities get hammered out first. And so, um, yes, so apologies for not being here for a couple of weeks. But uh, just so glad to, you know, see you guys. We're being joined by someone very special today. My boy, Sean. Let's have a look. Let's see if he's requesting. Come with your questions, guys. He's got a new book out. I'm so excited to speak to him about this. Of course, in my Christmas sweater. How fun would have you all here? Yeah, what's up? Oh, the sweater. Amazing. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you. How have you been? I've been great. I've been great. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing really well. I'm so happy to see you. I was just telling everybody about your cookbook. So they need to go out and get it because at Christmas time, actually, in fact, that's where I'm going to start. And so I want people to drop in their questions below um, for you and for me if they've got any questions. But I actually want to start, obviously, this time of year is a place that it's going to be hard for people to eat healthy. At Quest, we used to really lean into how do people he eat healthy over the holidays. And it was really a mixed bag of people that were like, Lisa, I eat healthy my whole, like all year round. Christmas is a time that I just want to splurge. But nine times out of ten, Sean, I hear people in January go, oh, my God, I really shouldn't have eaten that much. 
And so really, I think it's the guilt and the emotion around food. And what I love about your book, and we could show some great photos, is you make food, like healthy food, look so amazing. So talk to me about how you eat over Christmas holidays and what, like, what tips do you have for people out there right now? Awesome. Yeah. So of course, a big part of food is psychological, you know, so you just mentioned the G word, guilt associated with with what we eat, you know, and the one of the problems in how we perceive food is giving food morality, right? Labeling, you know, we're humans are always looking to label things, but there's this powerful statement that if you label me, you negate me, right? And so we're missing out on the bigger picture of what all this is. Food isn't just something simple. It's incredibly complex. And when you label it as good or bad, and then you associate, you interact, you mess with the bad food, the bad boy, or the bad girl. You know, what does that say about you? You know, I'm risk picky mm-hmm. or like, you know, how I associate with myself, um, you know, or quote, cheat meal, right? That's another term that we use. And not to, again, depending on our own psychology, we can use some of these terms. But for some of us, we can't use these terms in a helpful way because labeling it something is a, a che- like putting cheat on something. What else in our society is cheat good? Is cheat <laughs> Test taking, uh, relationships, any of that stuff is frowned upon. But when it comes to food, oh, it's fine. It's not fine for some of us. And so what I, what I encourage us to do is to be mindful of giving food morality, first and foremost. And the other side of that, though, outside of the psychology, which we could spend an hour just talking about that, but is the physical aspect, the interaction, the experience of the food. And sometimes that regret after the holidays is actually we don't feel good. Because we're paying, we're, we're able to like kind of tune into our bodies. Just like, I don't like the way that that made me feel, you know, not beyond the psychology part, just like the, the heaviness or the, the lethargy or whatever the, the, the outcome might be for us. And so we want to be mindful of both of those parts. What feels good, as my friend Daniel Amen says, eating food and loving foods that love you back, right? So having that good, healthy relationship in our perception but also eating foods that the outcome is we feel good. And now, so with that being said, so that's the set. Uh, with that being said. If, that was a boss to pause right there. With that being said, you know, how do I approach this? Well, Lisa, this is crazy. And I know people might not believe this looking at me, but I've been in this field for 21 years. 21 years. I went to college. My first semester was 1997, which is just crazy. You look like you're 21, Sean. Just someone now. You should see my wife. Oh my god, it's crazy. So you know, I had a, a conventional nutritional science class, and I was, um, you know, kind of programmed to look at food in this very myopic, like, you know, looking at food in terms of numbers, right? So we were very heavily educated on uh, calories and that kind of thing. Food is so diverse and incredible. And I'm saying all this to say that over those 21 years, I've experimented more than any human should with, to be honest. And I've done a lot of this stuff because I want to have firsthand experience to speak from it, right? So all these different diet frameworks that are now popular, you know, like literally 15, 20 years ago, I was doing intermittent fasting and, you know, 20, I did a 21 day fast, you know, juice fast, like 15, 16 years ago, like a lot of things that are being done today, I've already experimented with. And here's, here, I'm try, I want to say this, 
everything has its place. All right. All of these things have a place. But here's the thing. When we start to negate the fact that we live in a world where there's so much diversity, so many different ways to eat, so many different types of food, we can kind of imprison ourselves. And so what I encourage people to do over the holidays, and this is what I do, is to enjoy some of the things that you enjoy, right? Give yourself permission to have a good time, right? If it's some Christmas cookies, if it's a sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie or, you know, whatever the case might be, dabble. But we need to be mindful of how we're feeling, right? So if we're eating something and then we go into a food coma afterwards, maybe that food isn't loving you back, right? But also if we are just sitting up there fighting ourselves, fighting temptation, all right, that's a popular movie, by the way, fighting temptations and, um, you know, just dealing with so much psychological weight instead of enjoying the holidays, enjoying each other. And this is my last point. I'll pass it back to you. What the data shows, and I talk about a lot of this in, in the new East Smarter Family Cookbook, eating foods, regardless of the quality of foods, under the context of feeling good and positive, and happy and joyful and with family and friends, your body interacts with that food in a totally different way. Then we're, if we're doing these things in isolation and not in a positive state and highly stressed, there's this phenomenon in our culture now of stress eating. You know, it's got its whole category, but the best time to actually eat what we would, this is the last time I'm going to use this label, quote, bad food, is when you actually are feeling really good because your chemistry, oxytocin, um, which is this kind of glorified bonding hormone in humans, it really helps our body to improve assimilation, digestion, elimination of metabolic waste products. We just interact with the food better. So during this time of year for myself, if there's something that is a quote, bad food, I, we, we strive to improve the ingredients, eat higher qualities, which, which what we did in the Eat Smart Family Cookbook, and also give myself permission to enjoy. But this is all under the context of eating an overall healthy nutrition yeah god there's so much sound like where do we even start so, so everyone's got great questions by the way guys if you can drop them in the bottom in the little question box because then i can actually pin it it's hard to pin and there's a lot of questions coming but so many um, uh, many questions i want to make sure that we touch on there's a couple of things that you said though that really hit me so the idea of the bad i used to use the word bad food as a way to make sure i didn't eat it like i felt so much tremendous guilt overeating food because I was brought up in an environment that wasn't necessarily um, a great, my mom was borderline anorexic growing up. And so having fear over food, I would use that at the time, Sean, I was like, this is great strategy. Just label the things that I don't want to eat bad and it prevents me from eating it. The problem that of course, like you said, is over time, it started to really weigh on me. It started to be very detrimental to my mindset. And the more detrimental to my mindset it was, the more detrimental it was to my body. And so that's why I had, you know, seven years of gut issues. So I understand why people label it. And in my own evolution, my mom went from borderline anorexic to morbidly obese, and then she lost all the weight again. So in his 70s, he lost 120 pounds. Now for her, to be able to keep it off, she now labels food bad. And over time, because I'm on that healing journey, I actually asked her 
And this is where, like, if anyone listening, like, needs to set boundaries around it, because it is hard, right, with what you're saying. If I was around you, right, I think I would feel really right. I think it would be very easy for me to, you know, be able to choose foods that were great for my body. The problem is when you're not around someone like yourself or around people that can have healthy habits, it's hard to make sure that, uh, to make sure that you don't get triggered. And so I was getting triggered at Christmas time around my mom who was labeling food bad because I had overcome that and I had um, had a much more healthy relationship with food. So I could see cake, not label it as bad, but say, you know what, Lisa, you want that cake, have a slice. So I had to articulate to my mom, look, mom, this is your journey. I can't tell you what to say or what to do, but when you're around me at least, please do not use the word bad or she would say, oh, I'm being naughty today. Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I'm like, please don't say that. Like, if that's for you, I can't tell you what to do. But for my own sake, for my own journey, for my own healing, please don't use that word. And over time, the interesting part is she would turn around and she'd be like, oh, I'm going to have bad. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. And so I paused her again. I said, mom, if you think you're not allowed, now it's going to be a conflict between me and you. If you think of it, though, as it is, I'm doing this to help my daughter on her journey. Now, instead of using the word I'm not allowed, allowed actually allowed her to feel like she was part of helping me heal my journey versus being that person that's in the way. And so everything that you said about like not labeling food, how we do it as a society, I think can help some people sometimes. But I actually think if you're on a healing journey, I don't think it can I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. That's a great example. You know, you said a really key word there. You said the environment a little bit earlier. You know, that's really what it really boils down to because we, let me, let me, let me define what culture is. Because w- when you're talking about an environment, you're talking about a culture scape, something that we're insisting in. And right now, there's a time where there's like snow globes out there, you know, like we, we live in a glorified, she like, yeah. Right. And that snow globe is determining what our choices are, all right? We don't realize it, but we are making choices based off of our environment and our exposures, all right? We usually, and cravings are cultural as well, we don't crave things that we haven't been exposed to, right? There are people right now in Cambodia who are dining on a delicacy of deep fried tarantula, all right? There are people in Iceland eating fermented shark, you know, the list goes on and on. My wife is from Kenya. So Yama Choma, she, she, her favorite thing was like barbecue goat meat, you know? So things that might be strange in our culture are readily available or normalized in other cultures. And so keeping that in mind, our culture is defined as the shared values, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors of a group of people that are then passed on from one generation to the next. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore and that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app 
and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc.com slash Lisa. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so we're picking up things from our culture. It's just programming us. We can't help. And as we develop, as we get a little bit older, we start to expose ourselves to different cultures. And that's what happened with you. And then you're coming back in your, the culture that you have with your mom, the environment you have with your mom, conflicts start to arise just because people are doing things in a different way. Now, with all this being said, what we want to do, and I spent years doing this, you know, again, I've been in this field for 21 years, trying to change the larger culture scape to make being healthy easier. Because here in the United States in particular, Right now, the CDC published this last year, 2022, 60% of American adults now have at least one chronic debilitating degenerative disease, at least one. 60%, 40% have two or more chronic diseases. It is now normal to be unwell. It is normal to have a chronic illness. Being healthy is now abnormal. You are in the minority if you don't have a chronic disease. And so that is the environment that we're existing in right now. And with that being said, I was trying to change it to make health more accessible, especially coming from where I come from, Ferguson, Missouri, when I made this health transformation, which is a glorified food desert. All right. So what I learned in 21 years is that the most effective way of creating change, even for the larger culture scape, is focusing on your microculture. So focusing on transforming the culture in your own household, whether this is, you know, you, you live alone in your apartment, which is where I started, or you have a household with your kids and your family. And that's where I'm at right now. And being intentional about creating an environment that makes healthier choices easier, things that make us feel good easier. Now, this is getting back in this conversation and I'm going to provide a healthier or more helpful, I'll say helpful process of labeling things. Because again, we still do label things unconsciously. Rather than good or bad food, I want to share a term which today, ultra processed foods are the majority of what we're eating today in the United States. All right. So the BMJ, British Medical Journal, this is a top tier. We're talking top three peer-reviewed journal in the world uh, for science. And they determined that 
60% of the average adult's diet in the United States is now ultra-processed foods, okay? Now, what is an ultra-processed food? Humans have been processing food forever, all right? So taking uh, tomatoes and making pasta sauce or crushing the oil out of olives or cooking, cooking any food, really, is processing the food. <laughs> and humans have been doing that for thousands of years, thousands. Ultra-processed foods, on the other hand, this thing newly invented thing. It's only been around for the past few decades, really. Ultra-processed foods is when you have a field of corn that somehow, some way, becomes lucky charms. All right. You have a field of wheat that somehow, some way becomes pop tarts or frosted flakes or you know, a hot pocket. That is ultra-processed foods. You can no longer tell where that came from. All right. Now that makes up the majority of our diet. And so if we want to use a, a more helpful label, and this is just being honest about it, not saying it's bad, but that's not a real food. It's not really a real food. It is a, it is a highly synthetic, ultra-processed kind of fake food. And so, but sometimes, hey, again, we can interact with the fake food, but just understand that's not real food. That's not real human food. And the data is affirming this, that as we shift our diet and eating more ultra-processed foods, this is the primary. This is according to JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, did a huge meta-analysis. This was published in 2018. They determined that, yes, smoking is bad. They determined that being sedentary is, is, is not good for you. But they found the number one contributor to our epidemics of chronic diseases is poor diet. It's the number one thing. Then the Lancet. This is another top-tier peer-reviewed journal. This was a, it is in the He's Smarter Family Cookbook as well. Pretty much everything we'll cover it is in the book. Um, but the Lancet is huge, multi-country study, over 100 countries. These researchers determined, and it was a huge amount of data, that poor diet is the number one risk to human survival on planet Earth right now. They determined about 11 million people die globally due to the effects of poor diet. We're in this very interesting paradox right now where more people are dying from the overconsumption of fake foods than from not having enough food. <laughs> we are in LA. You and I, we live in LA. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Missouri, but I live in LA now. And here in Los Angeles, our homeless population has a 38% obesity rate. The larger culture scape in, in America, we're at about 42% obesity rate. So even if we don't have access to housing and consistent income, we can still find ourselves with being overweight or obese. And this had never existed before. And so this is a multi-level problem, of course, but now we have access to so many lorically dense fake foods, but we're also ironically, here's the craziest part, we're starving. We're still starving. We're starving for real nutrition. We're starving for real connection. And part of this deprivation is why we're seeking out these things. It's just like a treating a symptom. It's like a temporary thing that makes us feel a little bit better. But overall, and as you know, this like we're we're struggling our mental health, our physical health. And so I just wanted to share that that a help more helpful way of approaching this is saying, hey, this is these are ultra processed foods, and these are real foods, and you want to eat the majority of your diet instead of it being sixty percent ultra processed food as adults which for children is far worse, by the way. And I share that study in the book, in, according to JAMA. One-year analysis of our kids, 
from 1999 to 2018, they found that today, about almost 70% of our children's diet is made of ultra processed foods. And in that same time period, about 30, 40 years, childhood obesity in the United States has tripped. <laughs> and so it's not an accident. We need to understand like those particular foods, our cells do not interact with in the same way that they do for real foods. But does this say that Krispy Kreme doesn't exist? No, it exists. And it smells good. The smells alone are, are seductive, you know, but we've got to understand food scientists help to manufacture these foods to smell and taste a certain way to make them hyper palatable and very addictive. And so we've got to make sure that we're nourishing ourselves and we feel stronger. We have a better intuition and, and understanding about our body's feeling. We can, if we do interact with these foods, they don't seduce us and take over our psychology. And uh, yes. Uh, that was so, again, there's so much there that I want to like dive into. So um, actually this person, Germ1000 asked, how would you know what is real and what isn't? And that is so important because in this education process, the fact that we're getting more educated about things are the technology and science around, you know, like wearing oral rings, having the continuous glucose monitor. Like we're just getting more and more sophisticated and yet we're dying more and more from the, from, you know, causes of food. And so when this person asks you, how do you know what real food is? I think that that's the tricky part is that because like your book, right? If you look at the photos in your book, they are gorgeous you have recipes someone actually asked how easy they are I, what i love is that you go from hey here's something quite simple here's something complex here's something you can do with your family here's you know like so i love all the details but if you're not doing it yourself if you go to a restaurant and you order food because i've had so much gut issues the very first things i ask is what oil do you use because i'll order chicken let's say and then i'll have a, the worst gut pain and after they go, oh, because they use canola oil. Now, someone out there is going out or, you know, eating food. They think it's super healthy. They're trying to, you know, uh, stay on their clean diet. I see. I use the word clean. I used to do that. They stayed on their their um, healthy process that they're looking to stay on. And they don't realize sometimes or we don't realize what other people are putting in our food like hidden oils. And so I think, A, that has been one of the blessings, if you will, of everything that's happened with my gut is that it's forced me to ask the questions because when you don't ask the question, you end up in actual physical pain. But what if I hadn't? What does 10, 20, 30, 40 years look like of me eating chicken that I think is healthy and that yet yeah, it's doused in canola oil? So I think that that's one key thing of like making sure you actually know what's in your food this all stemmed from when we first started Question, which was like, it was maybe like three months in or something. And we were eating um, Subway. I'm just going to call them out. We, at the time, we were eating Subway. And I was like, oh, I'm getting a salad and I'm getting chicken. This is like super freaking healthy. It's super cheap, which is stick. And then we started to look into the ingredients. The chicken, the grilled chicken breast had something like 17 ingredients. You, people can go Google it right now. In chicken, it has 17 ingredients. One of the ingredients is chicken flavoring. <laughs> so there's this real hard 
thing like as we start to talk about food as we start to like really make sure that people have the knowledge it's like you're still combating these conglomerates that label something chicken and that you don't actually realize so um someone actually asked is extra virgin oil uh, olive oil okay to use see this is where the confusion is people don't actually know what good oils are what bad so how do you uh, help people think through this and make sure that they don't have chicken flavoring in their chicken <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that's a great question, by the way, you know, and here's this very simple mental exercise or just mental cue for us to think about when we're choosing what foods we're eating is, can we recognize where it comes from? That's really simple. It's really simple. Olive oil has been utilized for thousands of years, right? Literally thousands of years. And the process for making olive oil is very simple. If it's a cold press, usually, you know, cold pressing, stone press, and they're pressing the oil out of the olives and it's going to get bottled in dark glass. And our ancestors figured that out a long time ago, that these olives, these oils, dark are, oh. it's not just sensitive to heat, it's sensitive to light as well. And it can oxidize these oils and create a lot of free radicals. And so instead of getting the, instead of looking for these antioxidants, either kind of more pro oxidation. And if you want to think in terms of like, what is an analogy here? Uh, it's kind of like metal rusting. All right. Oxidation. All right. So that's us. It's accelerating the aging process. If we're consuming a lot of these free radicals. And so we want to treat our food with respect because those oils are sensitive. Now we can absolutely cook with olive oil, especially if it's bottled and it's, it's, and it's, you know, to, to a degree it's, it's kept in a way that it's not gone rancid, but we don't want to cook at a high point. Right. So there people use a smoking point, that kind of stuff. Low low to mid temperature cooking for olive oil, but the saturation, it's not that saturated. So those, those chemical bonds are still kind of volatile. So traditionally, and you know, there's a lot of studies and uh, documentaries on these blue zones where people have lived in up 30 years plus. A lot of these folks, if they're utilizing, for example, you know, Sardinia or just any, any place where they're utilizing olive oil, salads, putting it on bread, using it as a finisher, right? Yes, we can cook with it, but it's being used in kind of like extra virgin form. Extra virgin means that it's not heat process, all right? Now, with that being said, if we're going to cook with an oil, we probably want something that has a higher saturation uh, if we're doing especially higher temperature cooking. So this could be coconut oil, this could be uh, ghee, this could be grass-fed butter, this could be tallow, just looking for something that's more saturated. But We've got programmed, and I know, again, in my university education, 1997 was my first year in my university nutritional science class, we were told saturated fat is killing it, right? And the thing is, the context is not there. All saturated fat is not the same. Saturated fat from these ultra-processed foods is very, very different from the saturated fat found in an avocado, all right? And so just keep that in mind, saturated fat is is not this huge culprit. And I talk about a lot of the science in the book. Here's what the culprit is. And this is the truth. And then this is based on the data. This is not just me, you know, guessing. And so I shared one of these studies from BMJ Open Heart, British Medical Journal, top tier journal, specifically focused on cardiology and then their open heart version of the journal. These researchers found that the consumption of canola oil, these so and these so-called vegetable oils, dramatically increases the incidence of heart attacks strokes, the journal inhalation toxicology 
published data affirming, and all this is in the book, finding that just smelling the fumes of canola oil during cooking can damage human DNA. Just nice. All right. So again, this isn't hearsay. This isn't just, oh, that's, it's these, uh, nu- you know, nutrition experts are just making canola oil sound bad. No, 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 seriously. And, and the, here's the bottom line reason why it's, this is an ultra processed oh, olive oil, crush the oil out of the olives. Canola oil? I encourage people to go to, just go to YouTube and check out how canola oil is made. All right. It will shock you. There's so many different. <laughs> so canola, even the the plant itself. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna throw out. Oh, but the plant itself to extract the oil out of it, it takes an intense process of heat treatment, of bleaching agents, of deodorizing agents, and just the, just to see it, it looks like mud. To process it and then it becomes this kind of like very uniform yellow oil they do so many things to make it look like that and to not make it smell disgusting this is not fit for human consumption really but it's it's in the majority of our foods today our processed foods and ultra processed foods in particular and that oil is very problematic it's very cheap to make and there are very few companies even you know and if you're just going to call them out whole foods and i've done work with whole foods back in the day but if you go to their hot bar, for example, they're, they're using canola oil because we were filled right up. It's a low fat oil, and this is healthier to cook with. It's just, it's health washing. Because it's low fat, that was really the, the claim to fame for that oil. There's changes being made. And actually, I just talked with the owner of Sweet Creek a couple of weeks ago. And this is the power of what we do. You know, you never know who's listening, mm-hmm. but they're the first company as far as like a Kind of like a, a slow food, fast food chain, completely taking out any oil. They're using olive oil exclusively in their cooking moving forward. And they're making this change right now. So as far as like a national chain, they've got hundreds of locations. So this this education, this change is happening. And it's because of it's because of platforms like this, communication like this, and and books like the Eat Smarter Family Cookbook that's just raising the awareness of people that want to feed people, they want to be healthy. Whole Foods isn't trying to do anything nefarious, I, I personally believe, by having canola oil as a cooking. But it's just like the education has been so skewed. It's just like, well, it's not that bad. What I wanted everybody to do is just understand is canola oil and ultra-processed food. Check. We probably want to be careful with that then. All right? Not, not to say that we can't have something that has it in it. We'll be okay. But the majority of our diet ideally should be real foods, things that are minimally processed, that our cells have a long history, our genes. There's epigenetics, there's uh, nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics. We know that every bite of food that we eat changes our genetic expression. And the latest data is affirming about 5,000 of our genes are instantly altered, or the expression of those genes, when we eat a bite of food. Mm-hmm. It is powerful. And our, our genes have not interacted with canola oil, very long. It's been a couple of decades that it's been in the human food supply. It's a newly invented ultra-processed food. Olive oil, thousands of years. Avocados, thousands of years. Olives, thousands of years. Nuts and seeds, thousands of years. The list goes on and on with the foods that we can interact with in a healthful way. 
oh my god you've blown my mind so many times in this like 30 minutes i like all this information there's certain things that i didn't know and and i'm the person and anyone listening guys the whole point of this is knowledge is power right and then it's like what life do you want if you want to go and eat ice cream every day i'm the type of person like do you I do not dictate how other people live. I just want to make sure that people have the right knowledge to then make that decision for themselves. So when it came to canola oil, I was like, I didn't know people realize what they're eating because I didn't realize until I would go to a certain restaurant. I'm like, I just ate chicken. Why is my stomach like in agony? And I would call them and it would be canola oil. So I noticed that pattern. But so many people, if you haven't been there, you don't know the damage that you potentially are doing. So how do we educate? And that's one thing I absolutely adore about you. I love about I love about your book, Eat Smarter, The Family Cookbook. Go get it now, guys. It is chock full of um, photos of you and your family cooking, photos of your food. Like you even said, education. I mean, come on now. Like, look at that. Lisa, can I share one more thing really fast? Please, please. Even what you're showing, what I've done is upgraded the things that I have this affinity towards. So when I was unhealthy, struggling with my health, living in Ferguson, Missouri, I was eating fast food pretty much every day. And going to McDonald's to get their breakfast sandwich was like my favorite thing to do. And so what I did was like, let's upgrade that. Let's use real food ingredients and create a delicious breakfast sandwich. People are flipping out. If you go to my Amazon page for the Eat Smarter Family Cookbook, I I don't know a lot. I don't know people. People are posting, making the food and posting their photos. You go to any chef's cookbook or whatever. People have cooking shows. People are not making the recipes and posting them on Amazon and raving about them. All right, there's something special about these recipes. And even you know pancakes. I would go and get the hot cakes and sausage with a highly refined you know, kind of synthetic ingredients added to the flowers and highly refined flowers and sugars and things like that. What I did was we created these delicious sweet potato protein pancakes. Base of the pancake is sweet potato. So it's a very nutrient-dense real food. Anthocyanins in sweet potatoes have been found to improve our cognitive function and to support a healthy gut microbiome. The list goes on and on. But that's the base of this. It's still a pancake. <laughs> so number one, this is a pancake. This isn't like you know, like it's still a pain. And so we're going to get the deliciousness, but also, you know, this is going to be in a much more healthful way in getting a lot of these real food ingredients. You know, one of my favorite recipes in the book right now, my wife just says she's actually making that uh, tonight. I think it's on the cover actually, is the buffalo chicken tacos. Oh, God, that looks so good. Yeah. All right. All right. So, but we're, we're adding that spin in and making a buffalo chicken taco, you know, the salmon burgers. And by the way, everybody is invited to this. Everybody is invited to the dinner table. Whatever diet framework you subscribe to, whether it's our vegan community, our carnivore community, and oh, wow, getting everybody at the table for that, paleo, keto, whatever the case might be, everybody has something. We I purposely made multiple forms of burgers. There's a all- you know, the classic grass-fed beef burger. There's salmon burgers that will knock your socks off. Like literally oh. take your socks to your legs. There's going to blow them off. And then we also have a veggie burger because all of these highly refined, ultra-processed food veggie burgers are out there. And it's just like 60 ingredients and like 30 of those are highly refined, ultra-processed food ingredients instead of getting a real food ingredient burger. So when you have folks over or if you're subscribed to 
a vegan protocol, you can make a healthier real food burger, make a batch and freeze them and dress them up how you want to. So again, and that's just, that's just one example. Everybody's invited to this. There's something we, we can do this with. Yeah, God, I love that. And um, Fit with Julia Tart just said that they're ordering their book today. Um, I love that because you, you mentioned it a few times and I kind of insinuated earlier that it was hard for me to find food that sat well with me, that I enjoyed, that didn't feel like I was being restrictive. So having such a bad, unhealthy relationship with calories and food before, I swung hard the other way. And then I went back into healthy, but it was because there was only certain things that I could eat. Like it was chicken breast. It was, you know, salmon, salmon steak, uh, meat. But it was very, what I call, you know, simple grilled vegetables. After a while, I do feel like I'm sacrificing. After a while, it did feel like I was um, not able to really engage in, you know, having family meals. And that's another thing that I love about this. It's a family cookbook. So seeing that you can do. Beautiful. And the fact that I had felt so restricted so many for so many years when well, my family is out there having food and I have to be very uh, restricted. And so this book gives you help with healthy ingredients that is going to help fill you up. It's going to give you longevity instead of take that away. And you can do it so you don't feel like you're the odd one out or that you're having to um, sacrifice. Because I think that that's a big thing. I, I know that I'm just going to myself as I get older and I'm just like well I'm older I shouldn't have to sacrifice I've sacrificed all my years you know but that mentality doesn't serve you that mentality doesn't get me to live till I'm 100 to your point I watch those blue zones those blue zone shows I'm obsessed with them because I actually I don't joke about wanting to live till I'm 100 I actually want to live till I'm 100 so I play in my uh, game what I call no bullshit what would it take no bullshit. What would it actually take for me to live till I'm 100? And then now, if I know and have the information, now I can decide if I want to or not. So I think that's where like this kind of conversation has come full circle is that we, we're, we're dealing with the emotional, the mental ideas around food, what people label things as, what other people perceive them as, figuring out what that right thing is for you and then allowing you, uh, giving you the space to then make that decision. If you want to go eat a cake full of sugar, go for it. You just know now, at least, that you may not live through good. So I'm very picky and selective about when and how that I eat because I have a, such a strong North Star that propels me to always think that, uh, to think through what am I doing. And so A, knowing you, having you as a homie, B, having you send me this book. I literally text Sean. I was like, oh my God, dear Lord, thank you so much. This is going to become such a staple. I keep this in my kitchen. I literally just look at the photos sometimes and I'm just like, what, what, what would I want to cook? Or what would I, I don't actually cook because I don't cook. But uh, I spent eight years doing it and I hated it. But it's like, if I was to have my family over, what could we make together in order to enjoy it as this whole like ritualistic thing, if you will? So. Yeah. Thank you so much for putting this out into the world for everything that you do. It's, you know, where can people find you? Where can people find the podcast? Where can people find this book? Ah, this is so awesome. You're so awesome. Like real talk for people who haven't had the opportunity to actually spend time with you in the real world. You are the real deal. Like you are a real one. You light up the room. It is so awesome being around you. And uh, you're one of those people that just has like that long, tail effect on somebody like if somebody spends time with you you feel those vibes for the next few days you know so just thank you for that and your sweater is fine 
people can find the model health show is is my show and um you know we've been doing the show for over a decade we've got master classes on every subject matter you could imagine i see some folks have been asking about like what can you list out like what are some of the detrimental oils versus the healthy all of those things are actually in the book i make it so simple we've got food charts so i break it down to charts i break it down to emoji we have an emoji culture so i even use that there's over 250 peer-reviewed studies in this book, in the Eat Smart Family Cookbook. But you don't have to read none of that. You can just look at the emojis to see like, okay, I'm going to share with you the studies affirming how, you know, uh, dark cherries have these anthocyanins that have been found to target fat cells. But you'll just see the little muscle emoji and know that this is good for my metabolic health. Or it's the one of the most dense sources of mel- melatonin found naturally in a food. So you'll see a little sleep emoji uh, with that. But then we'll go to the recipe section and you'll be able to see the uh, frozen yogurt cherry pops for example that kids love everybody loves uh, just to have a frozen treat you know and so it's like how do you use this incredible science back food and so the East Smarter family cookbook is available everywhere that books are sold nationwide your favorite bookstores online retailers amazon bars and noble all that good stuff and actually amazon because it's the number one cookbook bestseller on amazon they you say he's Crazy Pants, USA Today national bestseller is the number one cookbook new release in the country the week it came out. I don't have a cooking show. I'm a nutritionist. I've taught food classes for many years. I'm just a big foodie. And also just creating this in a way that is attractive and fun. And it's about you know, family, friends, a connection. And um, yeah, so actually Amazon just dropped the lit from the list price, like $10 off the book. Nice. It's got a notification from my publisher. So you could pop over to Amazon and find it there as well. So the Model Health Show is where you could find me and also pick up the book anywhere the books are sold. Amazing. And one last thing that you said that as someone actually asked, I want to make sure that we answer because this is one of these things that I'd feel bad if I didn't actually say out loud. If you go and buy olive oil, guys, look at the back and just check that it's not blended because that's the thing. It's not like you go to the canola oil section or you go to the olive oil section. There are olive oil that says it's olive oil. You pick it up, you look at the back and it actually has canola as added to it. So just make sure that you look at the back of the ingredients of uh, if you're buying something like olive oil to make sure that you're actually getting it. Because again, that's the sort of thing that people may say, oh, I heard Sean say, you know, go get olive oil and they go and get it and they don't realize that it actually has canola oil uh, blended into it. And because it doesn't actually say blended oils it just says olive oil exactly yeah so there's a lot of health washing you know people look for olive oil but then they find out it's a blend so yeah we do have and i'm a big fan of like when you find good companies Mm -hmm. to really invest in them and vote with your dollar people have heard that before but really support companies that are doing things the right way that are doing things with uh with with good ethics and integrity and um there's so many companies and great people that are stepping up to, to do these things and provide great services and, and food products for people. And, you know, it's a really cool time to be alive. We got that happening at the same time, all this ultra processed food, but we get to choose, you know, so we get, we're living at a great time of choice. Yeah. But I think that that's why you and your book is so important because there's so much messaging out there. How do you choose? How do you know who to trust? How do you know who to turn to, to get that right information? And so all the hard work that you're putting out there, I mean, now that we're, I'm just going to like, you know, totally love on you again, but like all the work that you're doing and putting out there is to really help people. And so, you know, I'm so grateful for you, so grateful to know you, to have you in my life. And then also the fact that you've been able to put this book out 
and it's resonating with so many people. Guys, guys, go buy it. it. I know it's backwards. I'm sorry. I'm not even sure how to not have this backwards, but it's Eat Smarter Family Cookbook. Go check it out right now on Amazon. Buy it for your family. Buy it for your friends. This is such a great gift as well to give out at Christmas time um, and then to maybe bring it to a family occasion. Like if it, people are finding it hard where certain people in their lives are, it, they're not looking to eat smarter or healthier. Maybe you can even take the book and, you know, go to your family and say, oh, what picture looks great? Let's make it together. Like that's another way of actually getting, encouraging your family and your friends to all um, in, uh, support you on your health journey so go get the book guys john thank you so much so great to see you honey great to see you as well have a great day thank you